Thank you for joining us in our study of the book of Genesis, entitled The Origin of Reason. We're going to close out on the third day of creation, and we're going to consider the fourth day of creation. The third day began, it said, then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning the third day. Now we move into the fourth day where God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. What we're reading here goes a long way to eliminate the idea of evolutionary creation. The evolutionary creation of the sun, moon, and stars. You do not and will not find allowance being made for some gaseous explosion that somehow spontaneously occurred. Also, we should note all the trips to the moon, all the satellites and such have not broadened the evolutionist insight into how all things evolved. The reason is simple. Things did not evolve. They were created. It's impossible for man, regardless of his intellectual capacity, to wrap his mind around such profound things. We can accept the idea or reject it, but it's impossible to explain what we see, feel, and sense apart from God. Personally, I can recite a prayer I learned as a boy. God is great, God is good. And I can shake my head in full agreement. These things are beyond comprehension though. I do mean this in a very literal sense. Consider this, if you can. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. If I were to flip on a light switch and measure its ascent to the farthest estimated star, it's been estimated that one light ray would have to travel over one million years and pass billions upon billions of stars as it moved along. Some suggest that it would need to move for a period of over, of over 20 billion years. Yeah, 20 billion years before it reaches the edge of the known universe and galaxies at 186,000 miles per second. Now, start counting from one and say one number every second if you can. Do you realize that to count to one billion would require 31 years, 251 days, seven hours, 46 minutes, and 40 seconds? And God put all the stars in place in one day. Then he gave them all a name according to Psalm 147 verse 4. And how does God explain all of this to us? He says, God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also, and God placed them into the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night to separate the light from the darkness. 
Some want us to believe that all this came as a result of what is called a spontaneous generation. It just happened with no cause, no provocation, and no explanation. It just happened. It was evolutionary. Poof, there it is. Now we're being asked by the scientists to believe this. And the people asking us to believe these things want us to reject this fantasy that they call religion. Any logical thinking man, scientist or not, has to ask the question, has anybody at any time ever witnessed any evolutionary event occur? This would be a step in the discovery process, a principle, a logical step. And while many words can be spent in attempting to explain an answer, in the final explanation, one simply has to say unequivocally, no. Bill Nye, nationally recognized as the science guy, wants us to discard the biblical presentation of creation. He says even the consideration of scriptural accounts is inane, and it's wrong, and it's silly. He, along with his cohorts, suggests that Christians holding to biblical creation are mounting an all-out assault on science itself. He assures us there is no possible way a logical, studied individual can deny evolution. The accusations are that Christians are denying the need for science in our society. Yet as Christians, we believe that there is compelling, conclusive, scientific evidence in every field of science to prove the utter and total impossibility of evolution making all belief in evolution irrational and erroneous. The evolutionists are upset that we don't agree with them. We don't follow their line of thinking. So, in the modern vernacular of our day, they want to cancel us, to put us aside. They want us to support their views or just be quiet. While they seem to eliminate the belief that scripture tells us God's point of view, they want to tell us their point of view. There can only be, they say, one empirical view supported by a scientific fact, and that view is evolution. The Christian view is nothing more than nonsense, according to John Rennie, editor-in-chief of Scientific American magazine. Biblically, this is unsupported and finds no place of acceptance in God's economy. There are no Christian evolutionary views. The Bible does not allow for that. The two beliefs are unacceptable and incompatible. Evolution promotes the idea of survival of the fittest, the reign of tooth and claw, Christianity promotes the idea of intelligent design and the reign of sovereign grace and goodness. Evolution places random acts at the center of all things, while Christianity places God as the catalyst of all things. We truly hold to, in the beginning, God, and that God is the creator of all things. We're looking into creation right now. This is creation, not some process that God started, not some deistic understanding of a, of a God who really doesn't care. God didn't just measure the ingredients, produce some elements, and set to work, and then get it spinning, and then in no time, everything just evolved. The evolutionary process is of no value in God's economy. There were not millions and billions of years spent trying to put all this together, not according to Scripture. God is not like Thomas Edison, who made the incandescent light bulb. Edison reported that he made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. And he liked to say, I did not fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. God did not make several attempts and after numerous failures, arrive at success. No, God spoke 
and there was. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, and there were lights in the expanse of the heavens. We rest on the text and what it says. Look at Psalm 33. It reads, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. He spoke and it was done. It was not a series of changes that evolved into what we now know. It was not a challenge that was put forth and he worked up to the point to what we have now. No, God spoke and it was done, finished, complete. The life-giving light was given by God. The light was dominating. It determined the day. It separated the day from the night. The lights, plural, established signs and seasons, days and years. This light was established to give light to the earth and to give understanding in the days to come. God was preparing a place for something. It's in this light that we're able to see. Prior to electricity, we had no common ability to provide light in large areas. We had candles, campfires, and torches, but no means of casting light with as much ease as we do today. We couldn't just flick a switch. Daylight was the time to work, and you worked from sunup to sundown. To do things and to move about, you did it during the day. The light was a constant, though. It was established, and it was something we could count on. Granted, there are cloudy days that are gray, but the light still radiates. The sadness begins to cloud reasoning when men seek to explore these things apart from God. That's when men start to get lost in their great wisdom. Men want to divert attention away from God and focus it on themselves. It was all by accident, they tell us. This is all the byproduct of some conglomeration of atoms and a big bang. Why should we consider an accident as we search for answers? An accident cannot give us definite conclusions that we're searching for, can it? One accident cannot explain another accident. I ran my car into a tree during the rainstorm. It was a random and purely incidental accident. From this, I'm, to, I'm supposed to understand why my grandson is having a difficult time in school? Can my accident explain what's going on with him? That's irrational, illogical, makes no sense. It makes no sense for us to draw conclusions from one event from an accident that occurred, perhaps, they say, billions of years earlier. Yet, this is what secular science would have us believe. You turn away from God, and you turn away from the origin of reason. God tells us this. Because the fountain of life is within you, and is in your light that we see light, he's talking about God. And he talks about God, and he says, your word, God, is a lamp for my feet, and a light to my path, in Psalm 119, 105. On day four, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And he gave us light, and he saw that it was good. God did this. And we move along, gaining a little bit more understanding as to the true origin of reason. I want to thank you very much for joining us today, being with us in this study. Your participation is well appreciated, and I hope you receive something of benefit. Come back next week and be with us as we study again the origin of reason.